0: different individuals. Turn to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Even though uh, our family was on vacation this past week, um, when you're in the ministry, it's full time. You're you're never really taking a vacation. And so all week long, you know, I was kind of stirring up where God wanted to go this weekend. Um, Just want to let you all know that we are planning something big for Easter Um, I want y'all to be in prayer for our Easter service, um, because we're really planning on reaching out and getting the word out, and and we want to make it a big deal, because uh, for the church, Easter is a big deal. Amen? Uh, Whether we fully understand what Easter's all about or not, it is a big deal, and um, we want to make it a big deal. But I know that God wants to do some awesome stuff, and He's kind of been laying on our heart different things that we want to do in that service. I will let you know that we will be doing water baptism in that service. If you have never been water baptized, any of your children haven't been water baptized, and they understand what that is, or you yourselves, uh, we're going to be doing water baptism that morning. Uh, But there's other things that God wants to do, I know. And um, so be in prayer for that. So leading up to that, uh, you know, I I, I didn't want to get in a big series. I didn't want to really hammer on stuff. But I I have trouble with that (laughs) Uh, as a teacher. My my gift, uh, I, I, I... I operate strongly in the teaching ministry. So when I look at a subject, I see, you know, six different outlines off of one subject. And um, I woke up this morning and had some stuff on my mind as soon as I woke up and then just got in the office and started studying and, um, you know, didn't want to miss the alarm clock either. It seems like we just changed our clocks and here we are doing it again. I don't know who's got this whole thing going on, uh, but... Anyways, uh, you know, just up stirring and, and praying, and uh, God just laid on my heart that we, we need to, to discover the nature of God, the child of God, who we are as children of God. Here in 1 John chapter 3, and verse 1, it says this, uh, Behold, what manner of love that the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children, of God, therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him, beloved. Now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Children of God, this is a phrase that we, uh, you know, have heard. In the religious community, in churches, the children of God, we are sons of God, we are daughters of God, we're in the family. title of my message today is All in the Family. We're in the family of God, but there's something very descriptive about that word child or that word children. And so it's been impressed upon my heart that we need to discover what that is, because when you're the child of something or if you're children of something, that means you're a product of something. That means that something has created you, but to be the child of something means that you carry something with you from the creator, from the one that you're a child of. Now, let's just speak physically, first of all, because we can fully understand what it means to be the child of someone. Whether you know who your actual biological parents are or not, Everyone has a father and everyone has a mother. Okay? To be a parent, you have to actually raise a child. But to be a father, all you have to do is be a donor with another person and you create a child. The child. And that child is given what is known as DNA. Everyone's got DNA. And all that DNA really is is a bunch of trillion, billion molecules that make up cells that now carry information that make up who you are today. Okay? So to be a child of something means that you are a product of something or someone and you carry that nature with you automatically. The nature is in you. The nature... The qualities, the characteristics, all that stuff is placed within that DNA. And everyone has DNA based upon who they are a product of. Based upon where they came from. Okay? So to be a child of God, there's a strong connotation there. There's, uh, there, there is a, a, a strong reference that to be a child of God means that we carry His qualities and His likenesses. Over in John chapter 3... Over in John chapter 3, Jesus was explaining this a little bit to uh, a a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus. And over in John chapter 3, this is where uh, Jesus explains to Nicodemus about you must be born again to see the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again to be born means that you have been created from something or someone and whatever you're born of, you are like. You carry those qualities and characteristics. And in verse 6, he says this, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Well, we've all heard of the term born again. In fact, this is the only time that we see the term born again. That simply means that your spirit man on the inside, who is the real you, is now recreated or born again in what? The new nature Of the kingdom. The nature of God. That's who we're born of. To be born again. So just in the same manner that the flesh gives birth to the flesh. The spirit gives birth to the spirit. So just like you are a child of your father and your mother. And you carry those qualities and those characteristics. The same is to be said of our spirit when it is born of the kingdom. Born of God, and that is how we become children of God. So we see here that whatever you're born of, we are to reflect, we are to reveal, we carry those qualities and characteristics. Well, this shouldn't be, uh, you know, too unfamiliar because over in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, this was actually how God intended everything to begin. This is how God designed us to be and to look like. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, says this, Then God said, Let us make man in whose image? Our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all all the earth, over every creeping thing on the earth. So God created man with the capacity to reflect his nature. Man was originally designed, man was designed to reveal God in the earth. Man was designed to, with the capacity within ourselves to reveal who God is, what God has looked like, what God looks like, how God responds, how God acts, how God thinks, how God speaks. Man was designed to be God in the earth, to be a direct representation, a, du- a direct representation. Reflection of who God is. And this has not changed even today. Now we obviously know two chapters over, another nature shows up. Paul in the book of Romans refers to it as the sin nature. But up until chapter 3, Adam and Eve only knew one nature to reflect. Only knew one nature to to reveal to the earth. And that was the nature of their creator, the nature of their father, because they were born of God. So all of the characteristics that God had, he had. All of the likenesses that God had, he had. And Adam thought like God, Adam spoke like God, Adam responded like God, Adam looked like God in the earth. And that wasn't just for Adam, that wasn't just for Eve, that was to be the prototype for every man that has ever walked on the face of the earth. Now that might sound like a daunting task. I'm supposed to reveal God in the earth. But that is who we are today. Let's look at some passages. We're going to kind of go through these real quick. quick. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. Just to let you know, we have... You know, our messages and outline and all that is available out on you, on the version app. If you have an iPhone or an iPad or whatever and you have that app, you can look at our outline and it's got all the notes and all the verses that we're going to be looking at today. Obviously, it's great for you to be writing these down if you don't have that. But in Colossians chapter 3 verse 10, it says this. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. That's going to be key who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him who created Him. Saying here that we should be putting on a new nature that looks like God. Look what the New Living Translation says. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God. This is in the Bible. I don't have like a special Bible that's written just for me that tells me to look like God. This is in all of your Bibles. You may have never seen this before, but here it is. Put on the new man which was created according to God. Look at this. In true righteousness and holiness. If you're trying to be righteous and you're trying to be holy, it's possible. Or else he wouldn't give us the capacity to live that way. According to God. Look at this in the Amplified Version. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, in the Amplified, do we have it in there? Okay. Well, I don't have it in front of me, so let's get that pulled up real quick. The Amplified breaks it down even more. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. We can wait on it. You've got to understand that this is our image. This is our likeness. This is who we are now. Now. We've been talking about who we are, our new identity, but we've got to look at some things. Put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image, Godlike, Godlike, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. God-like, looking like God. This is our new nature, okay? 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 2, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Once again, look at that there. The knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory, And virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these may uh, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we've come out of the corruption of the world, the sin nature, and now we've come to know the new nature. Amen. The divine nature. Do we have that in the new living? Let's throw that up. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Wow. We have everything we need, every resource that we need to live a divine, godly life. For we have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Verse 4. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Are we getting this this morning? These are verses that are compelling us to live according to a new nature instead of an old nature, to live according to who God is and not according to who the world says we are. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. We're spelling this out this morning. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith, In Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We have been renewed. We have been given Christ. We've been given a new nature, a new lifestyle, a new uh, inward man. Okay? that looks like God, and we are to live according to that new nature, and now reveal God to the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we all know this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So i have just given you several passages, several verses that outline, that show you that we now have a new nature when we are born of the kingdom, when we are born of God, when we become children of God. And to be a child of God means that you now carry a new nature, a new likeness, a new quality that reveals God. I am convinced today that the church has a struggle with who they are and a struggle with identity and is not revealing the nature of God simply because we don't know the nature of God. See, I just showed you a bunch of verses that show you that you're, you have a new nature. That you have God's nature. But do we know what that nature looks like? That's the question. Do we know what that nature is supposed to look like? Do we know what that nature is supposed to reveal? What does God look like? Who is God? I mean, I, I, could, I, I wrote a list down this morning of the different pictures of God that the church has come up with today. Some people, and, and look, you may relate to some of these based upon how you grew up, based upon what denomination your church was, or who your parents were, or who your pastor was, some of you may know God is powerful. But some of you may know God is weak. Some of you may look at God as a God who blesses. But some of you may look at, a, at God as a God who curses. He's waiting for you to mess up, and the second you mess up, he's going to bring his wrath down upon you. And smoke you. And strike you. And all the Old Testament words. Right? It's it's amazing how the church has so many different pictures of one God. Some of you may know God as a healer. But some of you may have learned God as someone that will put sickness on you to teach you something. Same God. Two different pictures. We're so confused about the nature of God that how in the world are we supposed to reveal God in the earth today? Yet, we just read all these passages that say that we are supposed to look like God so we can show the world who God is. But we're showing the world 50 different pictures of who God is. More than that. Some show uh, the world as, God, uh, as a God that is soft and you know, even though you make mistakes, you know, there's nothing you can do about it, but he'll always forgive you. But then there's others that show God is hard. Now, you can't make mistakes. You can't mess up. You can't get it wrong. And if you do, then you're never, you're not going to make it into heaven and your name's coming out of the Lamb's book of life. Same God. How many different pictures of God do we have? And so... It's amazing to know that we will not properly reflect the nature of God if we don't accurately know the nature of God. Because you can't reflect what you don't know. (laughs) You can't reveal what you don't know. And we don't properly reflect the nature of God because we don't accurately know the nature of God. That's why he repeatedly said throughout his word that you have to come to know him. How many times did we just see that we need to come into the knowledge of who God is? See, we just got a bunch of Christians that get born again, but have no idea who they are. And let me tell you, you will not automatic re- re- automatically reflect who God is just because you all of a sudden have his DNA. I mean, if you took a child that was born to a rich and wealthy family and got separated at birth and ended up being raised by someone that lived on the other side of the tracks, what are they going to reflect? The rich and wealthy family that they just happened to be born of? Or the poor family on the other side of the tracks that they lived with and learned their habits? Why? Because you are a product of your environment. You're a product of what you know. You're a product of how you're trained. You're a product of where you develop. You don't automatically reveal the nature of God just because you prayed a prayer. You reveal the nature of God because you grow and you develop yourself in who God is. God has a nature, and even though we might have a million different ways to describe His nature, I mean, we we know the Bible says that God is gracious. We know the Bible says that God is love, but then we redefine those terms. We've redefined grace today. We've redefined love today. Today, love means just let me do what I want to do. If you really love me, then you'll just let me make my own decisions. That's love today. Grace today is if I get it wrong, it'll cover my sin. So I can keep getting it wrong because I know grace will cover it every time. I tell you right now both of those definitions that I gave for love and grace are wrong. True love doesn't let you make your own decisions and let you do whatever you want to do. True grace doesn't just cover up sin. True grace keeps you from sinning. Empowers you to live the kingdom life. But we've got to we've, we've got to define some terms. And so what has happened is, is we have let the world tell us who we are and we've let the world tell us who our God is and how our God operates instead of finding out who he is for ourselves. Knowledge is the biggest key. God said himself, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not because I didn't give them enough information. My people aren't destroyed because I didn't get enough resources to them. My people aren't destroyed because Jesus didn't take care of everything on the cross. My people aren't destroyed because they live on the earth and not in heaven with me. My people are destroyed because they don't know something. The knowledge is the key. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 13 says this, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we see here that looking like God only comes because you make a determined attempt at growing and developing into Him. I mean, even if you... Go, you know, further on down there uh, in verse, uh, where is it? Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him. Verse 15 says, grow up. Where did you grow up? See, that determines what you reflect now. That determines what you reflect. You don't automatically determine, you don't automatically reflect the character traits of your parents just because you have their DNA. You might have a, a look to you because DNA is what allows you to manifest on the outside what's on the inside. But why do you talk like your parents and why do you respond like your parents? I mean, there's people today that, Handle money a certain way, because that's how their parents handled money. That's how they saw their, they always saw their parents handle money with anxiety and worry and not enough. And so they have that mentality today. I know people that have plenty of money, but are still tight with it because that's how they were raised. They were raised in a home that was barely making it by or not enough. And so they've got a great job, insurance, benefits, the whole nine yards, but still handle money tightly and and frugal and and we're not going to make it and we better hang on to what we have. You get that because of who you've been hanging around and where you were raised and where you grew up and where you were developed. So we don't automatically reflect the nature of God just because we have the DNA of God. We have to grow up and develop ourselves. We as a church have misunderstood the nature of God. Therefore, we have produced contradicting images of him. Because of our misunderstanding of who God is and the true nature of God, we have produced contradicting images of the same God. Because we misunderstood who he is and his nature. For every unknown, we produce an inaccurate image of who God is. For everything we don't know about God, for everything we don't understand about God, we produce an inaccurate image of who God really is. So it seems to me that one of the greatest needs in the church today is to come to understand the true nature of God. Who He is how he operates, how he thinks, how he responds. We've got to get back to Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to tell you right now, you have the capacity to know and reveal and reflect the nature of God today. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to know who he is. Sure, when you get to heaven... All things will be unveiled, but it's time to start knowing who he is. That's no excuse to sit back and say, well, I can't know who God is and I'll never understand everything about him. So I'm just going to live down here and just barely make it by until I get to heaven. And then I'll understand everything. No, you have the responsibility today to understand everything you can about who God is and how he operates. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, the same image, the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit, of the Lord. You know, it's hard to reflect something if you're not near it. You won't see your reflection in a mirror if you're not in front of the mirror. You won't see your reflection in a puddle on the ground if you're not standing near the puddle on the ground. Reflection is directly related to proximity. How close are you to the thing you're trying to reflect? Now, if we had to ask the question, who in the Bible was the greatest reflection of God the Father, who would we all say? Jesus. Jesus is a direct representation of God the Father. Look at John chapter 14. And Jesus wasn't shy about it. He told people, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You're looking in a mirror. John chapter 14, verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know Him and have seen Him. Well, did they really see the Father? I mean, did they literally see the Father face to face? No. No. God never came down. God is spirit. So he never shows himself in the natural realm. But how can he say that? Because he was so close in proximity, so close to his father, that he was a reflection of who the father was. Keep going. Verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? He said, Show us the Father. And Jesus' responds and says, you don't know me? Because if you would get to know me, you would get to know the Father. I'm the reflection. I'm revealing him to you. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? That's pretty close. You can't get much closer than that. They're not just next door neighbors. They don't just live down the street. They're not Facebook friends. If you have seen me, you've seen the father because I'm in him and he's in me. I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the father and the father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So we see that Jesus was the best, Example that we have of someone revealing and reflecting the Father in the earth. Jesus didn't just reflect the Father in heaven. He revealed and reflected the Father in the earth. On this planet, walking the same streets you and I are walking, going the same places you and I are going, it is not beyond you and I to reflect. In fact, we have an obligation to reflect and reveal the Father to this world. The Father will not be revealed to the world without seeing you and I. So what kind of Father are you reflecting? There's two things that Jesus never allowed to happen in His life. Two things that Jesus never allowed to happen in His life. Number one, He never let the world tell Him who His Father is. He didn't let no Pharisee no Sadducee, no scribe, no teacher of the law, no Jewish person that was raised in this tradition from the age of five years old. They knew the entire book of the law by heart when they were boys. And not one of them could move him on who his father is. He never let the world tell him who his father is. Number two, he never let the world tell him who he But the church does today. The world tells us who God is. Your God is loving. Or your God is hateful. Your God is a healer. Your God is mighty. Or your God God is weak. Your God blesses or your God curses. And and, and we, we let the world. And they don't know who he is. We're supposed to be telling the world who God is. Not the other way around. And let me tell you another thing. You don't need to be letting your parents tell you who your God is. You don't need to let your pastor tell you who your God is. Pastor Mark says he's a healer. No. Pastor Mark went to the Word. Because this tells me who my God is. So I've got to get renewed in my mind. To the renewed nature that's living inside of me. Because I have the nature of God. You have the nature of God, whether you ever realize it or not. Whether you take this message and run with it and go home and say, I'm going to find out what the nature of God is all about. Because the nature that God has is the nature. Whether you take it or not, you have the capacity to reveal the nature of God in the earth today. What you do with this from here on out is up to you. It's Your responsibility. But you have the capacity, just as Adam had the capacity, just as Eve had the capacity, just as Moses had the capacity, just as Abraham, just as David, just as Jesus. We, the church, should be able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's my dad. See, I don't let anybody tell me who my dad is, my earthly dad. I know who my dad is. I don't let people tell me what my dad's like. I don't listen to what other people may say about my dad over what I know about my dad myself. But there's the key. A lot of the church has never gotten to know God themselves. They've only gotten to know someone else's God. They got to know their grandma's God that even though she loved God and even though she served God and went to church faithfully and read the Bible faithfully, when she got that cancer in her old age, God determined that it was time for her to go home and he needed another angel in his choir. And so he took her on home to be with the Lord. Many people have gotten to know that God. But that God doesn't exist. Because my God didn't come to steal, to kill or to destroy. My God came to give life and life more abundantly. That description doesn't fit the God that I know. So most of the church has never even gotten to know who God is themselves. Jesus was able to reflect and reveal the Father because he spent time with the Father. I bet most of you in this room could tell me all about your parents. Tell me what they look like. Tell me what they act like. Tell me some of their favorite things. Why? Because you got to know them. Because you spent time with them. You communicated with them. You talk with them. You've gotten to know them. You're close to them. And I'll take it a step further. Some of you may even act like your parents. My wife and I got to spend time with my parents for an entire week. I think that's probably the longest amount of time that we've spent with them since we've been married. Well, it, ever. It's only because of Camden. I mean, up until three, three years ago, never they come around to see him, man. That's what it's all about. But I'm sure my wife got to see a lot of things that I operate like my dad in. For example, we were driving on the highway. Now, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas with five million people and driving interstate highways and bumper to bumper traffic. And you have to learn how to drive a certain way if you're going to make it. Otherwise, get in the right lane and move over. Get out of the way because I know where I'm going. If you even act like you don't know where you're going, you're getting run over. And so, for the longest time, for 10 years now, my wife has seen me drive this way. And it's calmed down a lot from the way it used to be before I moved to St. Augustine. St. Augustine and Valdosta have, I mean, I I told, we went to San Antonio several years ago. One of the top 10 largest cities in the United States. And I just had to get in the right lane. I said, "I, I can't do it anymore. I've lost it. I've lost the ability to get on someone's bumper and be able to monitor all this stuff around me and know when to get over. I'm just getting out of the way. I just wait. I mean, even my dad. My dad called me a chicken this week. He said, "There's the opening," and I didn't take it. I hesitated. You can't hesitate when you see that opening. You go. And my wife is like, "Ah!" And I'm like, "I got this. What's the problem?" But I didn't take the opening. He said, ah, you're too chicken. I said, man, I haven't driven in this in a long time. We were in Orlando, and we hit some traffic. I was like, I can't do it anymore. But I get it from my dad. Because I used to be the one in the passenger seat. Oh, dear God, are we going to make it to school today? Are we going to make it home today? Now, I'll never forget one time we had snow and sleet. I don't even know why they bother sending you to school when they know the stuff's coming. But sure enough, 10 a.m. All right, we're sending everybody home. Every business, every school is sending everybody home at the same exact. We can't tear this thing. We okay, you guys go home at 10. You guys go home at 11. You guys, we can't you know split this up. Just everybody hit the roads at the same time. Not only do we not know how to drive already, we don't know how to drive in the snow. And it took us like four hours to get 30 minutes, 20 miles. Atlanta just got hit with that not not too long ago. Cause down in the south we don't know what to do with that stuff, and then on top of it we just let's just let's fake going to school for two hours and then send everybody home and say let's make as big of a traffic jam as we can. But my dad, man, he's cruising right on through it. That's where I get it from. Because I drove now if I drove with someone else that was maybe from a smaller town and didn't have to deal with all that my driving would probably. Be different. But I inherited it, not just because it, because we share the same DNA, because I spent time with him and I grew up around him and I was developed by him. There's a lot of characteristics that I have from my parents. A lot of great, good, godly, basic characteristics that I have. Because I spent time with them. And I don't let anybody tell me. I don't let anybody tell me about my parents. They can't tell me who they are and how they act and how they operate. They can't convince me because I'm the one that spent time with them. But see, the church is too busy trying to take on a picture of who someone else says God is rather than getting in the word for ourselves and discovering who he is for ourselves. We've got to get some knowledge on this thing. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. So Jesus was a direct representation of the Father. Look what 1 John chapter 5 says. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come. And has given us, now the Son, capital S-O-N, this is speaking of Jesus. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Why? That we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God, true God. True God, that means all other explanations that don't line up with who the true God is are giving you a picture of a false God. There are many Christians that believe in false gods. False gods still exist today. Because a false God is one that puts sickness on you to teach you a lesson. A false God is one that the second you mess up or sin, that he's revoking Your salvation. The false God is the one that applies grace and just looks over all your sin and says, don't worry about how you live. I'll cover it up every time. That's a false God. See, you thought that was just an Old Testament thing. Well, we still have false gods, but there is one true God. And that's the one we ought to get to know. And this says here that the son of God has come and he's given us an understanding. You can know who God is. In fact, it says that He's given us the understanding so that we may know Him who is true, not false. Jesus came as that direct representation. He revealed the Father to us, and then He helped us learn, helped us get to know who God is. We have to know who God is for ourselves. You can't reveal... Watch this. This is interesting. You can't reveal God if you don't know who you are. Your identity is directly related to His identity because we have the same nature. You can't tell people who God is if you don't even have any clue who you are. So we've got to get into a We've got to come to an understanding of some identity here. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know, over in 1 John chapter 4, there's another verse in there that we all know. You are of God, little children. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. You are. Of God. Whatever you are of, you carry those qualities. Romans chapter 12. Verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Why? Because what's on the inside needs to show up on the outside. How are you going to be a picture of of God to the world if He never is able to show up in your bodies. If He can't show up on the outside. If you keep God and His nature hidden on the inside, the world will never see what He looks like. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Understanding the nature of God is the key to revealing the life of God. Understanding the nature of God is the key to revealing the life of God. And if we don't properly understand God and His nature, if we don't understand what is nature, nature is just simply your makeup. It's who you are. It's how you operate. It's everything that makes up who you are. And if we don't understand what makes up God, we won't understand what makes us, and then we won't be able to reveal that to the world. We won't be able to be that picture. We won't be able to be that revelation, that reflection of who God is. See, over in First John chapter 3, throw, throw that back up. There's the first passage we looked at. First John chapter 3. Look at what verse 2 says. Beloved, Now we are children of God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. Now this isn't saying that we'll be like God when God is revealed. It's not what this is saying. Because you have the nature of God in you now. We've seen plenty of verses that prove that. What this is saying is, is that when God is revealed, people are going to realize, hey, he looks familiar. He looks like my co-worker. He looks like that guy that I hang out with. He looks like this person. He See... You, we are supposed to look like God so much that when God finally is revealed, people will realize God has been around them the entire time. God will look familiar. He's going to look like you and I. Well, that sounds like the original plan to me. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. See, when God created Adam, they, they all said, God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, they all stood around and said, Well, that looks familiar. I've seen that somewhere before. That looks just like us. When God looked at Adam, he was looking in a mirror when he made him. That doesn't mean physical qualities and characteristics. Obviously, because there's no way that God could look like everybody when we all look completely different. I'm talking about in likenesses. I'm talking about in qualities. I'm talking about in characters. You should talk like God talks. What does God have to say about your sickness? And your disease, what does God have to say about your back pain? What does God have to say about your financial situation? What does God have to say about your children? What does God have to say about your life, your career, your purpose, your destiny? Find out what He would say and start saying that. How would God respond in your life to different situations and scenarios that we go through on a day to day basis? You get bad news. How would God respond to bad news? And that's the way we ought to respond. And if we don't transform our minds, if we don't renew our minds to transform our lives, then we'll conform to the world. We'll just be like everybody else. And we'll respond like they do. We'll talk like they do. Will act like they do? Will think like they do? And I'll go ahead and let you know that that nature was already in you when you were born. Thanks to Adam and Eve. So Not only do we have to learn a new nature, we have to unlearn an old nature. But in your spirit, man, old things have passed away and all things have become new. So now it's time to hook up with the new. Time to hook up with the new nature. But we've got to stop letting Everybody else tell us who God is and we've got to start finding out who God is for ourselves. And Jesus Christ has come to give us the understanding so that we can know him who is the true God and be like him. Paul even said at one point, therefore, be imitators of God. You know, God wouldn't tell you to do something that you can't do. So if he would tell you to imitate him then he's letting you know, you can be like me. Salvation doesn't make you Christ-like. A Christian means to be Christ-like. That's literally what that term means. If you're a Christian, that means you're a follower of Christ. If you look in the book of Acts, the disciples did not term themselves Christians. They didn't all get together and say, hey, you know what, You know, we all obeyed Jesus and we all saw Christ and we're, we're all followers of it. Let's call ourselves Christians. No. They were termed that from the outside. They said these people look so much like that Jesus Christ person that we'll call them Christians. See, we should be living in a world where we don't have to identify oh I'm a Christian and I go to church they should do it for us you a Christian you believe in God you go to church no, I don't go to church I am the church I'm the body of Christ and yeah I'm a Christian because I'm Christ like and I live and I operate and I act And I have the same qualities and characteristics that my father does. Because I'm born of him. I'm his child. Everywhere uh, we went growing up, everybody knew that I was my dad's son. Everybody. There was one time I was in high school, and my dad came to a function, and my friends were like, oh, man, you look like him. told my dad that. He said, no, it's the other way around. He looks like me. I came first in this thing. Everywhere we go, just about with my son, Camden, they'll tell us the same thing. Oh, yeah, he's definitely your son. He's got my DNA. And now he's growing up and he's developing around me and I'm teaching him things. And so he's learning things based upon his proximity to his father and to his mother. And he's picking things up. And so those things are being developed in him, not just because he was born of us, but because he's being developed and grown around that, being trained around that. Amen. We've got an obligation to know and understand the nature of God. I don't know where this will go. I don't know if we'll keep going in this for the next couple of weeks. I know there's a lot more to say about it. And as God continues to reveal, as the Holy Spirit continues to reveal to us uh, who He is and who His nature is and who God is and how we reveal that nature, we're just going to keep going with it. But there's things about God that we need to know. We need to quit being in the dark about our Father. We need to know what grace looks like. We need to know what love looks like. We need to know what blessings look like. We need to know what faith looks looks like. Because God is a God of faith. He operates by faith. You can't even please God without faith. We've got to know this about our Father. We're children of God. It's time that we fully understand what that means. It's time we fully grasp what it means to be a child of God. Father, I thank you this morning We have a desire to know you. We want to be like Paul. I just want to know you and the power of your resurrection. Father, the better that we get to know you, the better that we get to show you in the earth. Father, we want to reveal you to this world. This world is lost and dying, but if they would get to know you, they could be saved. If they get to know who you are, come and be born in your kingdom just like we are. This isn't a special privilege or honor. This is something you want for every man, for every woman, for every child to be born in your kingdom, to be a child of God and to continue to reflect, reflect and reveal God in the earth today. Father, we want to get to know your nature because if we would get to know your nature, we'll better understand our nature. Because You've created us just like You. You've given us Your image. You've given us Your likeness, Your qualities, Your characteristics. So, Father, we give ourselves to learning who You are. Knowing who You are. No longer will we be in the dark. No longer will we keep ourselves uh, in the unknown. But we want to get to know who You are. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.